Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Tuesday, May 5th. I'm Wayne Pratt. Another healthcare provider in the St. Louis region is announcing outbreak-related furloughs. BJC Healthcare is not specifying how many workers will be off the job without pay for at least eight weeks. BJC operates 15 hospitals in Missouri and Illinois. SSM Health and Washington University have taken similar measures to cope with the pandemic. Rolla is the most recent Missouri community to reopen its economy, at least start to do so. Businesses in the city are allowed to open today. The city council has voted to lift a stay-at-home ordinance. There are restrictions, including following social distancing guidelines. St. Louis Mayor Lida Krusen says the city should receive federal coronavirus aid this week. She is expecting about $35 million and is working to boost that amount. Krusen says any additional federal money would help with some goals, including a small business relief package. User privacy concerns are prompting Illinois' governor to avoid using contact tracing technology being developed by Apple and Google. The companies want to use Bluetooth to let mobile phone users know if they have been near someone with COVID-19. Governor J.B. Pritzker says it's not something being considered for the state's contact tracing program. He says Illinois will be accepting applications soon for more traditional tracers. Here are the numbers. Missouri is reporting more than 8,700 positive COVID-19 results out of roughly 94,000 tests. Nearly 360 people have died. Health officials in Illinois say there are nearly 64,000 cases out of more than 330,000 tests. There have been more than 2,600 deaths in that state. In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Littman talks with the new St. Louis County Police Chief, about taking over the department during a pandemic. Workers at two North St. Louis nursing homes are demanding hazard pay and paid sick leave if they catch coronavirus. As St. Louis Public Radio's Eli Chen reports, not every employee at the nursing homes has those benefits. SEIU Healthcare represents workers at Northview Village and Grand Manor Nursing and Rehabilitation. The union wants the facilities to give hazard pay to all of their employees. Michael Howard is a nursing assistant at Grand Manor. He gets hazard pay, but only because he's been working directly with infected patients. Every time you get a little sneeze or you get a little sniffle, you're just scared to death because from what I can see of this virus, it, it, it overwhelms you all of a sudden. Unionized workers are also asking for a paid sick leave if they catch the coronavirus. Grand Manor's director of nursing declined to say how many residents have tested positive for the virus. I'm Eli Chen. St. Louis Public Radio. In Illinois, the American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees says child welfare workers in the state need to be better protected from COVID-19 exposure. The union says the Department of Children and Family Services has not provided field workers with personal protective equipment and is still requiring regular in-person visits, even to hospitals. Longtime investigator Stephen Mittens says that goes against the advice of public health experts. For weeks, the 
union has pushed for safe practices that maximize distancing and minimize exposure, not only for ourselves, but also for our clients and the public. But management has refused and insisted we should continue doing everything virtually the way it has been done. The union is asking the department to allow investigators to conduct their duties remotely whenever possible and to limit unnecessary in-person visits to hospitals. The agency says it already provided staff a month's supply of PPE and is allowing investigators to adjust family interactions if there are safety concerns. President Trump has ordered all meatpacking plants to stay open during the outbreak. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports that is not eliminating the concerns of Missouri farmers. Some plants are following the president's order and reopening after having shut down because of coronavirus outbreaks among their workers. Seth Meyer is an agricultural economist at the University of Missouri. He says while that will help keep the food supply chain moving, it's also creating uncertainty for Missouri farmers. We do a lot of cow-calf, uh, so, so people raising feeder cattle. And so if the future of the finished cattle looks questionable, then nobody wants to pay up for the feeder cow either, the calves either. Meyer says while farmers are in for a rough year, consumers will likely see only minor disruptions with some kinds of cuts of meat unavailable for short periods of time. In Rala, I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. A St. Louis man beat COVID-19 just in time for his 107th birthday. Rudy Hyder is a resident at Friendship Village Chesterfield Skilled Nursing and Rehabilitation Center. His granddaughter, Janet Hyder, was shocked to find out he contracted the virus. She says her family stayed hopeful that he would pull through, just like he did when he had a stroke at 100 and a fractured vertebrae at 104. I'm not ready to let you go. And he said, you have to be. And I said, no, we're going to celebrate your birthday. <laughs> and he said, no, no, no. And then I said, I love you so much. I don't want this. I'm going to pray. He was able to celebrate his 107th birthday with family and friends who gathered outside his window while he enjoyed his favorite, lemon meringue pie. Hyder is now out of isolation, recovering in his room. Mary Barton is the first female chief in the 65-year history of the St. Louis County Police Department. She moved into that role last week. Barton has worked as a patrol officer, a detective, and in the vice and drug units during her lengthy career. She commanded the West County Precinct before the promotion. Barton tells St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman that beginning her new job in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic has been, quote, less taxing than people might think. Walking in in the middle of a problem is a lot easier than walking in when there's nothing going on because it keeps you on your toes. It makes you come to work and go, okay, what's going on today? What do I need to do? What do I need to fix? What are the challenges facing me today? Whereas there's no lulling me into a false sense of security and then something bad happening, it's already here. When you were announced as the next chief, the president of the union called you a beacon of light to women officers. You are the first female chief in its department's history. Does that come with any added burden or pressure? Oh yeah, no pressure. Um, yes, it does, because I would like to think that I was chosen for my qualifications and where I've been and what I've done and my character and not my gender. I don't see myself as a beacon of light. What I see myself as is somebody who 
worked incredibly hard in this police department, didn't have a lot of support, and then realized that my job might have been just to mentor other people here and help them along. And if that is a beacon for other women, I would hope it would be a beacon for other people to say, you know what, maybe I should help somebody. How would you characterize or how do you view relationships between police and minority communities as we're approaching six years after Ferguson? I believe that this department has taken great strides to engage the community, to get our message out there that we are trustworthy and we are people that you can trust and we are people that genuinely care about your problems. I think we've moved forward, but I will say this, you can't ever rest when you want people to be committed to working on relationships. A lack of diversity among command staff has been a concern of many in the community. Do you have specific strategies to get more, especially women of color, into command ranks? One of the issues is not just about diversity in the promotional process. It's getting people to want to participate. We have to say, okay, how do we fix this promotional process where it's perceived as fair and equitable? Part of that has to be with a review and development of a professional development system for, for people here who choose to seek leadership positions. How would you define success in your first year? Well, I would still be chief. That would be successful. I would like for them to have been a period of calm. This police department in the last several years since Ferguson has seen its ups and downs. I would like to say we had six months where nothing bad happened here. And we just rolled along, continued to do our job, gave great service to the community, and we had a time to step back and go, okay, and take a breath. Because we haven't had that in a long time. Our Fred Ehrlich edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.